0: Just be quick! Good afternoon, lunchtime,
1: my classmates. Hi, Radu. All available units. We have a 19243, a dead whale washed
0: up with a nasty Oh,
2: sure as hell was no shark there. Yeah, I'm guessing not. Something's out there. That's for damn
0: sure. Uh.
3: Mister,
0: are you all right? Yes. are coming in from fishermen all along the coast.
3: What are these things?
1: Some unknown species of crabs. I've
3: never seen a six foot tall crab. We need to call the
1: army. And tell them what? That we're being attacked by a crab? We have to
0: stop it. <laughs> so these perfectly adapted animals are now supercharging. What can stop something so jacked up? Another perfectly evolved predator.
1: And, do this.
2: and welcome back to the Monster Movie Stomp Down. Of course, you got your host, Sludge, here, the master from Texas, Ruben. And our special guest, Mr. Charlie Chase from Giving Back My Action Movies and Giving Back My Horror Movies. Charlie, say hey, what's up? What's up, everyone? So we have got a special episode for you in which you'll hear us say this again in a little bit. Um, of course, Mark couldn't be here because he's fighting the you know terrible pizza industry. So Charlie's filling in uh, because we felt RoboCop was a better person to be here at the moment. Uh, yes, RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we, we've got something special for you guys. We came across a movie thanks to Pete Quint from Good Beer, Bad Movie, uh, Good Beer, Bad movie Night. Showed us a trailer for a movie called Crabs. And you guys have probably seen us post this on all of our socials Um, over the last couple months. We had the opportunity to do an interview with Pierce Berelsheimer, uh, the director of this film. And I apologize, Pierce. I probably still butchered her name just then. about this movie crabs and we got to watch it do got to see a screener of this film uh very thankful for that and we wanted to review it because this movie is absolutely amazing we're big on pushing independent creators and their efforts and this guy knocked it out of the park out of the park with this film i think you guys can agree with that right oh 100 yes sir
3: it's not even up for question once you see this movie and you like these kind of movies it, it it's this is it for you this is The cherry on top,
0: yeah. If if you're a regular listener to our show, any of our shows, just about, oh yeah, this is right up your alley. This is right up your alley.
2: Yeah, so definitely, we want you guys to keep an eye out for this film. We're going to be sharing it. I mean, tons of stuff about this movie. uh, But let's run into it real quick. Of course, this is a movie that's still running at some of the film circuits. Um, They are going to be doing releasing this pretty soon in the U.S. Um, It is currently uh, available in Australia and. I know he said somewhere France, else, France, France. Um, France, Yeah. And then of course he's working on distribution, uh, hopefully in July, um, for America and some other places. And of course he'll go into more detail on that in the interview. But before we jump into the interview, which was absolutely awesome, I had an absolute blast, um, doing this interview with him. Um, I think we all did. I mean, he was just such oh, a cool yeah. dude to talk, talk to. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we're going to give you guys a quick rundown review of what we thought of this movie. Simple movie, man. Um, this movie, first and foremost, is a throwback to every 80s monster movie you can think of. Late 70s, all 80s, maybe some early 90s. This is just a oh, yeah. love letter to those type of movies. And it's pretty simplistic. You've got a horde of murderous crabs that are mutated because of a n- nuclear runoff from a nuclear facility that explodes at the beginning of the film. They mutate, attack a small town, and it's up to our main characters to uh, save the day. And of course, we've got Philip, who is a wheel ba- wheelchair bound high school student. His best friend Maddie. Uh, then, of course, you've got Annalise, who's Maddie's mother, is also the science teacher. Hunter, Philip's brother, who is uh, one of the cops in town. Uh, you've also got Sheriff Flanagan, who's played by the great Robert Craighead. a um, Great cast in this movie, um, and it's all up to them. Just rant. You know, ragtag team to try and stop these crabs. And it goes from little tiny horseshoe crabs to eight foot tall monster crabs to an awesome, epic kaiju sized fight at the end. It is just, it goes from everything you can think of, it's thrown in the movie. So, um, homages to, you know, humanoids from the deep, gremlins, power rangers. If you love all that stuff as a kid, this movie is going to be right up your alley. Um, I talked a lot. Haven't been feeling too good. I want you guys to take it off first. Who wants to go first? What they thought of the movie?
3: Go for it, Charlie. Uh, what I thought of this movie? Absolutely fantastic. I was glued to the screen the second it started. It starts out pretty wild, but you are you just know what you're in for for the rest of it. Ooey gooey doesn't explain it. It doesn't doesn't give it enough credit for how well they did this movie. The throwbacks to and a sludge talked about the the critters, gremlins, ghoulies, all those type of movies are thrown in. The Power Rangers, the uh the guys in monster suits that we grew up with watching. This movie gave it all it has a timeless feel because it's set in an era that we all have a lot of nostalgia for. And you can tell that they had a lot of love for that time. And it comes through in this movie. And you can tell this is a very passion-driven project for Pierce. Especially, you'll hear it in the interview, that he loves this movie. Um, And we do, too. He nailed it as far as we're concerned. And yes, I'm speaking for them, too, right now. Because we've already all been gushing about it enough that uh, it gives you everything you want. It's non-stop action. There's no... long, you know, drawn out parts of the movie. You are engaged with the actors. You care about the characters. Creatures are phenomenal. The sets are phenomenal. The special effects are phenomenal. Do yourself a favor when this movie comes out. Buy it. I'm not saying watch it. I'm saying buy it. Absolutely. This movie. Yeah.
2: 100%. Yeah. Ruben, what about you?
3: Oh,
0: I, I absolutely love this movie. I threw it in and started watching it and it it got me from the very beginning because it's uh nostalgia driven like uh, like charlie says uh, and and those of you that listen to the show know that i'm big on nostalgia uh this movie was made uh a sludge uh, alluded to it earlier it, it's it's a lo- it's a love letter to 80s horror and monster movies i mean it's it's made so well uh and i mentioned on the show that we recorded earlier this earlier last month i guess when after this is released what godzilla king of the monsters was as a love letter to to the showa era and the 60s and 70s godzilla films that's what this is to 80s horror and monsters yep um yep. there's there's plenty of whatever you if you want to call them an easter egg or you want to call them just throw, uh, just kind of like an homage to 80s movie it's all there it's all there. Even even some 90s, there's there's Jurassic Park references yep. in this movie. Um, there, you know, the Humanoids from the Deep, what, you know, Humanoids from the Deep was, you know, I would call it a cult classic because there's a lot of people never heard about it. I mean, all of us have. Oh, yeah. And I grew up watching that. I mean, Humanoids from the Deep was on a channel on, you know, on HBO or Cinemax or whatever it was back in the day all the time. And this has... This has humanoids from the deep, uh, element to it, which, uh, you know, really that, you know, that's one of my favorite movies growing up. So this, this had it all, um, uh, the effects are great on this. I think he had, he did a great job or they did a great job of just putting in just enough of everything to, to keep every bit of the audience, uh, invested in the story, I guess because you know it, it you know it's a monster movie and it's it's 80s and we all know what the 80s monster movies and horror movies were like. but the way the way they did it and the way they structured it makes it very engaging. you're you're in it from the beginning to the very end. You're not lulled. you're not bored at any time during this movie at all. at least I wasn't. and I think both of y'all can agree with that. Um, I wasn't bored at all. I was I was in it. It was interesting. it was silly. It was everything an '80s an '80s horror slash monster movie uh, is that you can remember. Maybe you're new to the genre, and uh, it's everything. If you like any of that stuff, then you, you're going to love this one. And uh, and it's made, you know, this year. I mean, he in the interview, you'll find out, you know, how, just how long they worked on this and toiled on this. And uh, um, it's obvious the finished product is very obvious that they cared about this movie when they made it.
2: Oh, no doubt. I mean, this movie, and of course, you know, with us doing the movies we do, got to give a disclaimer, there is nudity in this one, there's some language in this one, Um, but aside from that, this movie, I was hooked. I mean, from the word go, from the opening scene to where I was like, I'm watching Humanoids from the Deep again, to the throwback scenes or the omen scenes to gremlins with the bar scene, which was just, yeah. I mean, just a bloodier version of what we got in gremlins. And it was absolutely yep. great to, I mean, uh, ghoulies Charlie, during the interview, you mentioned ghoulies. There's scenes in this that remind me of yeah. munchies. Uh, there's stuff in this that reminds you of John Hughes flicks. I think uh, Pierce even brings that up in the episode. Yeah. Uh, hell, I, mean,
0: hell, I didn't even think about it, but there's even, you know, the crabs. Let's just say there's an alien. There's an alien. Oh, yeah. uh well, yeah. Oh I, I didn't think about it till now. Even though it's so obvious, it's just one of those things that's
2: so obvious you don't even. There's mention actually. It. Yeah, there's, I
3: think two. There's two little subtle
2: alien references. In yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. We don't want to spoil anything, but there are. i nope, not two well. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm
0: just trying to throw out what's in there, just so you guys know what kind of movie you're we're 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 talking about here.
2: Yeah. I mean, you were to come out of this movie, and I definitely did. Going, man, this dude loved making this film. He poured yeah. his heart and soul into this. I mean, because it took them several years to make get the movie made and finished. Um, and it was uh, work well done. And you're going to get everything from practical effects to computer effects in this. And the computer effects are above par of sci-fi channel. Um, you know, they're not... Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. yeah. I mean, not even comparable. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not even, yeah. Did an, ex- an extremely good job. And, of course, now, uh, James Ojala uh, did the special effects in this. And he's worked on everything from... Man, dead birds back in like 05, He's worked on the to- uh, some trauma films like Citizen Toxi, uh, poultry guys all the way to he's worked on Pacific Rim, Tron Legacy, you know, X Men Last Stand. So they had a great guy for special effects that really helped make this get off the ground. So a high praise. I can't. There's no complaints I mean, for me.
0: Well, well, Pierce Rudd he wrote, directed, and of course was a producer on this. Correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, th- this was his his baby. He he wrote this, and and he directed it, So, and you can see that in the film, in the finished product I mentioned before.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's find out. You, when you listen to this show, you want to find out what the stomp rating is. Let's find out. It's stomp down rating time. All right, collectively, out of the three of us, it was all same number all across the board, four and a half out of five stops on this movie without question, whether it be for nostalgic reasons, just the movie itself. This movie is absolutely amazing. I, I mean, am I wrong?
3: Yeah. Uh, it hits on all cylinders. Yeah. Everything I yeah, wanted does. was
2: in this movie. There was,
3: I, there was nothing at the end of this time where I went, ah, I wish they'd have done this, or I wish oh, maybe they yeah, had done that. Point. I was like, I want to watch it again. When do I get a sequel? What, 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 what I need more of this. Give me back monster movies. That's what this is. Give me back what I love. And it did it. You, it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it really is. It's just not five stomps. Cause we can't step on Rubens. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. alien. Yeah. But as it's the, the highest I feel like we could do on this, and it yeah. I, I, it's yeah. a little nostalgia driven. There's nothing wrong with that because it no. made me enjoy the movie even more.
2: Oh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, no. Again, there was no faults in it for me. For me, it's just it deserved four and a half. The only reason I didn't get a five because you know Ruben's got his reasons for mine. So yeah, I can't compare this to something like the original Go you know Godzilla or you know the original Frankenstein, oh. something like, or King Kong. But man, I mean, I. I would even say I sat down and enjoyed this movie more than movies like Frankenstein for totally different reasons. Oh yeah. You know what I mean cuz it just mm-hmm. right. it took me right back to being a kid again and I enjoyed it. I mean absolutely enjoyed it. That Ruby, nailed it yeah. right
3: there. I went right back to feeling like a kid. That yep. is the perfect way to yeah. put that. Yeah. And and that's and, and truthfully
0: you guys know that's how I rate movies. If, if it has that nost- it'll, it it gets points for nostalgia alone. All right, and like I said, I, I reserve my five for for very very special, and this is a very special movie. Don't do not get me wrong, okay? It's just that uh, I have you know I have my rating system. It's it may be flawed, but uh, this is as close as you're going to get to a perfect movie for me without giving it a perfect rating. If, if that makes any sense whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I think it does. Definitely. It definitely does to
3: us because we've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, everyone yeah. else has to wait till July to see how yeah. they, oh, they true, actually yeah. go on it. But trust us, you know what Sludge talks about. You know what I talk about. You you know what era we love. If we're giving it this praise, this movie's giving you all of what you want. That that's it. You know, there's no fluff yeah. in I'm, this movie. It's, yep. This is what we love. It's on the screen. It's Pierce pouring his heart out, really. You know, and I mean, I'm sure Pierce would be the first guy to go. It's not a perfect movie. Well, you guys are crazy giving it four and a half stomps out of five. You know, he would probably be the one to bring us down a little bit, but it's like, no, man, you, you yeah, made it's, this enjoyable. It's,
0: it's everything we love. It's got yes. everything we love about movies and, and, you know, what we grew up with. And even to this day, what I look for in, in a, in a movie, you know, it, it's got everything, you know, I will say this, and you guys know what I'm going to say, right? What would have given it a perfect five? <laughs> Phoebe Cates. Oh, Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. The that perfect 10 Cates. would have given it a perfect five, okay? so I'm not even on this <laughs> yeah. show
3: regularly, and I know Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you
2: go.
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll just say, to make it perfect for me, I needed like a cameo from RoboCop. That's that's what I'm Oh, that, that would have oh, been, that would been, been yeah. awesome. Yeah. That would have been
2: so yeah. awesome. Um,
0: or the Or the crabs attacking people on the Titanic. That oh yes, of them, you know, <laughs> yeah. historic
2: film. It didn't even have to be the Titanic. Film. It was just a ship <laughs> yeah. that looked like it out there in the beach. It, it
0: did. You know, this it. is a whole. It's a whole cover up. Okay, this was a whole cover up. Titanic was not sunk by an iceberg. Crabs got it, man. Crabs these these <laughs> limulus.
3: <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. in. I'm in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so guys, you, you know, be, we'll be letting you know for sure. This movie comes out around July. Where you can find it, where you can watch it, where you can buy it, because we stress, buy this movie, support Pierce and his crew. Uh, they did a fantastic job for it. We are super excited for you guys to hear this interview. This interview was an absolute blast, and uh, we hope you all enjoy it. And here you go. Babe, you better turn that down.
0: Yeah!
2: And welcome to the very special Crabs interview episode of the Monster Movie Stomp Down. Of course, you got your host, Sludge, here, the master from Texas. Ruben. And our very special guest, because unfortunately, Mark couldn't be here with us uh, because he's fighting the dreaded pizza industry. We've got Charlie from Give Me Back My Action Movies and Give Me Back My Horror Movies. Charlie, say hey.
3: Robocop rules. That's all I'm going to say. Mark's <laughs> Mark not here. That. He can't <laughs> stop me. <laughs> so, I am surrogate Mark tonight.
2: And of course, the most important person of this episode is going to be the director of the movie, Crabs that we're going to be interviewing, Pierce Berelsheimer. Pierce, say hi.
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me.
2: Man, we're glad and thankful that you decided to do this. Uh, uh, real quick, we uh, one of the other co-hosts or hosts from one of our other shows on our network, uh, Pete, over at Good Beer, Bad Movie Nights, saw the trailer for this movie, and he shared it to a bunch of us and was like, we all have to watch this and we've got to find these guys because this movie looks amazing and it absolutely, it, we were all hooked immediately. I think when, when we first saw it, we, we all started sharing it on our social media pages. Um, wasn't long after I think I reached out to you, uh, about a specific scene too in the movie, which we'll talk about. Um, because I, when I saw the trailer, I was like, man, that looks really familiar. And I don't know if you remember me and you talking, uh, I was like, is this what it is? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's so awesome. Um, so we're super excited about this movie. Um, we all got a chance to watch it again. Thank you so much for that opportunity because it is amazing. Um, we have nothing but praise for this. I literally, I have no negatives for this film, um, at all. It was an absolute blast. Uh, but Pierce, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself and a little bit about the movie.
1: Yeah. Thanks. So that was a, that was quite the introduction because it's, uh, there's definitely flaws in the movie, but I'm glad you didn't see any of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah um i'm i'm pierce i'm the director of uh crabs which is coming out this summer um probably july in the united states and canada we're already out in australia and i think france so if you're living in australia or oh. France, check it out um and yeah the the, the movie uh, i wrote it when i was 19 uh so a long long time ago uh and then once it got i kind of got to the place in my career where i wanted to make a film and i was i thought i was ready to make my first feature um we actually went into production on this other movie um and then a producer came up to me and was like hey man you know if this isn't a movie that you love don't go make this movie make the movie you really want to make and so i'm like actually i wrote this crabs movie that i never intended to show anybody this is really the movie i want to make but i thought i might need to work for you know 15 years before i was able to do it showed them the script and they're like yeah we have no idea how to do it, but let's make this movie. So seven years later, we're uh,
2: here we are. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. So so from start to finish, it took seven years to do
1: the film? Yep. Um, uh, we shot the movie in 2015.
2: Okay. 15,
1: 16, and 17. We had three different units, but the main unit was uh, February 2015.
2: Okay, cool, cool. Well, I, we'll get into some of these questions, because I, I have a plethora of questions I would love to ask, because this movie has got so much in it that I love, but... We don't want to keep you for hours and hours and hours because Ruben knows me and him could talk forever about stuff. Oh, Charlie yeah. knows too.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but,
2: but my biggest question when watching it because there's this movie, I, I was even telling the guys before they watched it, I said, "Man, this is like the the greatest throwback '80s monsters film that I could I think I've ever seen. Like everything I liked about '80s monster movies, all in this one film, and it was great." Ruben even said the latest Godzilla King the Monsters came out in 2019 how that was a just a major throwback and homage to the 60s and yeah. 70s Godzilla films crabs felt like that for all 80s monster movies so yeah. what was your biggest influence in making the movie was it those
1: movies or something in particular oh yeah i mean the, that i mean that's that's huge praise because that's what i wanted to do i wanted this to be <laughs> like um you know the you know the the now discs that they used to put on <laughs> yeah theme? yeah and this is, like, now for 80s monster movies. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, like, a best of all the movies that I grew up watching and uh, jam them all into one sort of tight little movie. I wanted to have, you know, I wanted to have Gremlins, and I also wanted to have, uh, you know, like, the Alien or Velociraptors from Jurassic Park or Pumpkinhead, and then I wanted to have, you know, the Kaiju, the Power Rangers, Godzilla. You know, I wanted... Uh, and and I didn't know if I was ever gonna make another movie so I'm like, all right i'm gonna I'm gonna throw everything that I want to make and all the movies I ever want to make into one thing. So I tried to put in like John Hughes references and like tr- nail the 80s vibe as much as I possibly could because that was what I grew up with and I was like I want I want add to that. I want to add you know my stamp onto uh, you know that 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 world.
2: Right, right. And it's full of 80s vibes. I was even telling Ruben, I was like, dude, there's even moments with Jessica um, or the character Annalise where I was like, dude, I feel like I'm watching parts of weird science. Like it just gave me a a weird science vibe in it. It's awesome. I'm glad that the 80s influenced you on this because, you know, I grew up with the 80s movies as well. And so this movie just spoke to me like it's the perfect film. Like I absolutely loved it. Um, Ruben, you're up next, man. What you got for me?
0: Well, my question—he partly answered. It. He said he wrote it. what, when you were
2: what seventeen? Is it? Is that what you said? When you write
0: nineteen, right? Nineteen, yeah, yeah yep. nineteen. When you're nineteen, uh, th- when you wrote it, that that the plot change any as you were as you were going along, or um, did it start off as something and then you know evolve into something else?
1: Yeah, it it started. Um... The original idea was just to do a found footage movie of a news crew on a beach when horseshoe crabs were attacking. And it was going to be a short film that I was going to that I was just going to try to go off and shoot. But it became way too complicated to figure out. And I I wasn't skilled enough to be able to handle it at the time. So I pushed it aside. And then and then I had the idea of a kid in a wheelchair that builds a giant mechanical monster to fight this crab on the beach. And then it's, that was the, perfect. the
0: okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the, I, that was the first idea. I was like, you know, he wants to go to prom and he's, he wants to build these mechanical legs and then uses that technology to build this giant shark that he fights this thing at the end of the movie. And it was then that I kind of brought the crabs back into that story. Cause I, uh, i knew i want I've, I've always wanted to do something with horseshoe crabs because i think that they're just they're so interesting and weird looking and i love the idea of something that looks terrifying but isn't actually in real life like they're completely totally harmless so i thought about um the rabbit from monty python and the holy grail like <laughs> oh, yeah. I was trying to do that where it's like this this is totally a harmless creature but it's it's going to start eating people um But yeah, the script changed a lot. There were, in the initial draft, um, I wrote a a role for Christopher Lloyd, specifically. Like, I I really wanted Christopher Lloyd in the movie. There was a role, even when we storyboarded the whole movie, the storyboard artist, like, drew Christopher Lloyd as the (laughs) character. And uh, we talked to him, and he actually, he he lives, in. he used to, he doesn't live there anymore, but he used to live in the town where uh, we filmed the movie. And so I thought, oh, he lives there, we'll you know, we'll get him without a problem. And unfortunately, like six months before we shot the movie, he moved out of that town back to LA and, uh, he was out of our price range. So he read the script and was into it, but then we just couldn't afford it with our budget. So we cut his character out, but there was a whole like conspiracy theory element to it, uh, with this character that, you know, um, used to work for the government and had, uh, like, ufos in his garage and then the shark was going to be built using ufo technology and then we scrapped that and then we had um, the lead character making uh working at a a train yard and so he was going to build the shark out of these train bits and that fell through because we went to the location um we went to the train yard and uh there's dangerous chemicals (laughs) <laughs> and they're like no we're not gonna we're not gonna insure you for shooting at a train yard um but yeah there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that got cut uh in the process of making the movie there's one scene in particular that after the prom uh i really wanted to do like a raptors in the kitchen from jurassic park homage and so the characters were going to be trapped in the auditorium and the second stage monster were going to come in the auditorium and like stalk them through the bleachers. Um but anyway, that that got cut due to time restraints and budget. But yeah, a lot, wow. a lot changed from the initial the core of the movie was the same. Like the the feel of it and the tone was was the same throughout. Yeah. Um but a lot of like the the details of where the characters lived and their socioeconomic status and uh how the relationships played out, that kind of stuff changed as we went.
2: Ah,
0: nice. Very nice. Yeah.
2: I dig it. Charlie, what you got for him? Uh, at first it was
3: going to be more statement, but I guess I can turn this into a question and you touched on a little bit where you're wanting to stay in that eighties vein of the monster movies and stuff. I also picked up during the movie that you set it at a specific time because you show it's a knockoff, obviously, but the, the game boy, the guy's playing yeah. in the police car. There's no cell phones. There's, they're communicating through CB radios. I I can answer my own question by going, I know that's deliberate, but what was your thought process on how did you decide not to put it in 20 or, you know, 2017, 18, when you were filming and decide to go, I want it to feel like it was during that time. We're paying homage, but it is in the eighties, maybe early nineties.
1: Um I I really intentionally didn't want to have any modern technology in it for a couple of reasons. And there's the first thing is that I feel like cell phones screw up movies. I feel like it's really, really hard not to write cell phones out of a film and and have it just feel like a convenience. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yeah, it's an easy out. Easy yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And anytime I see that done, it takes me out of it. So I the lack of cell phones like, I'm not sure I will ever make a movie with a cell phone in it just because I feel like you have, especially a horror movie, you have to write out cell phones. And once you write them out, you have, you have, it's just, it's convenient. And it's weird that nobody can use their cell phone, especially today when cell service is so good everywhere that Mm. it would be so easy to do. It just, it feels like it, it, it is such a escape from the problems or whatever is going on in the film that, uh, it makes solutions ridiculously easy to get out of. And so why didn't you
3: call this person? Why didn't you text this person? Oh, the killer had a jammer for some reason. And I didn't have cell service. Yeah, that it doesn't work. My other thought was when I watch movies, the phones or the technology dates the movie immediately. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, that's not now. That was 2016 when the iPhone, blah, whatever was out. But, you know, it, it's like the Iron Man scene where he's got the f- screen that flips up to a T. That was amazing for Iron Man at that point. Now it's like, dude, we're way past all that. <laughs> now it's clear phones. Yeah. That
1: was the that was the, the, the creative decision behind it, be, beyond just like the practicality of writing a script and it being difficult to do with cell phones in it. The creative reason was that i didn't i wanted the movie to exist sort of out of time and out of place and i felt like a game boy color was a throwback enough that you know roughly when it exists but it's not so grounded that it couldn't exist a little bit before that or a little bit after that and so nothing else in the movie i wanted to to date it i wanted it to be like okay if you remember the Game Boy Color, then you know what we're referencing, basically, mm-hmm. and that was it. Like, if you get the reference, then you know the era of movies that this is going to be referencing. But beyond that, um, it's not like the characters actually exist anywhere. Like, that's one of the reasons I wanted to use the old Mustang, right? Like the the nineteen sixties mm-hmm. Mustang.
3: I was going to bring that up. I, I mm-hmm. noticed your car, the choice of cars, was very yeah. specific in this movie.
1: I wanted it to exist, sort of. Beyond the Game Boy, which, and, and the Game Boy was even up for debate too, because at one point I wanted it to be like, you could have plucked this movie off of the, you know, the video world shelf from 1980 and never have any idea that it wasn't anything but filmed back then. And so right. that was the original intention. And then the Game Boy actually came about because um, one of the storyboard artists' friends is a, is a pixel art designer. And so before we actually had done the creature suits and like figured out how they were actually going to physically work with a human inside of them. Um th- we had designs for the two final creatures based on the storyboard artists uh uh their work and and me talking to them about how I imagine them looking. Anyway, so so one of the storyboard artists asked his friend who was a pixel artist to create the two little characters. And then we animated them and it was like, well that's too cool to have this little reference to the original designs. And then it's like, well, this is the perfect place to put it because if he's playing the Game Boy, then like that's right. yeah. uh, uh foreshadowing for later. Yep. And it was just too good not to put in. And I'm like, okay, well it can't be a game boy advanced. Cause that's, that dates it. Too new. Yeah. Rarely. Yeah. But it can't be an OG game boy because I want the colors. I'm like, okay,
3: this is good. Yeah.
0: Happy medium, a happy medium
1: yeah. for you.
3: No, and, mm-hmm. it, and it worked perfectly. Oh, and yeah, it, well, yeah. That's why I was like, I wanted to bring praise to it, but somehow figure out a question of why mm-hmm. I guess. But, and, but and I was picking up on all that, the vehicles and everything, but, now I all the references like you you already talked about, you know, you tried to squeeze in Jurassic Park, even though you did get one on film that yeah. I absolutely love. Now it feels like that time frame, you know, like Radu probably saw Jurassic Park and you know, he repeats yeah. that yeah. Line yeah. And, he learns. and yeah. <laughs> I love Radu. My wife was singing that song for oh, like 30 minutes yes. after. Awesome. So I know we'll get there, but I just had to say that now. When I know a movie is good, my wife loves watching these kind of movies, but she'll also be like, Oh God, what are we watching? Oh, what is this? She's watching this movie going, this is amazing. Oh my God. Look at all the ooey gooey. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, they did that. And when I, that's when I know the movie is excellent is when my wife is singing the song
2: (laughs) from the end of the movie. Oh yeah. It's the same for my wife. My wife does not watch anything that we watch or cover on these shows. And I showed her the trailer for it, and she's like, "I have to watch that. That movie looks awesome." She unfortunately <laughs> hasn't got a chance to watch it yet. She was busy the night that I ended up watching it, but she's she's even stoked about it. And that's, I mean, yeah, Jackie, Charlie's wife, yeah, they if they're wanting to see it and they're loving it, dude, that's a it's a great film. You already know you nailed it. It's out yeah. of the
1: park. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, guys. That's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's
2: cool. Well, since he brought up Radu, let me, I'll go into my next question here is, how did, did you manage to get the cast for this? Because uh, I'm sitting there watching it going, man, like Ali Jennings, she was in The Newer Little Woman, um, and then Robert Craighead, he is stuck out to me the most because I, I was sitting there going, man, I just watched him in something. What was it? And I watched some really bad movies, and uh, it was Zarkor, The Invader. It was a yeah. giant movie from the not, like 95, 96, and I was like, oh yeah, he's in that, you know? Um, then you got Jessica Morris. Uh, I mean, the cast was really good. How did you get these guys or, uh, i want to
3: add one real quick dylan snyder my kids yeah. watch kicking it yeah and my oh, okay. wife
2: immediately was like
3: is that the kid from kicking it and i was like i had to look it up because you know he's definitely gotten older since he did the show but i was like it is so i wanted to add him in there because that was
2: one of the questions i wanted to ask yeah but he was about him philip right the the lead character yeah. philip in the movie yeah. yeah he's the main character yeah so how'd you get this cast
1: there's a funny story with dylan actually uh when we when we filmed the prom scene, uh, we had to get all the local kids to come and to be in the movie because we couldn't pay anybody to to do it. So we like sent out all these flyers and had the school hand them out and stuff like that. And the first day that we were filming, we only had like eight kids show up when, for our prom, and so we were like trying to shoot prom with eight people, and we just had to like keep pushing them in the back to make it seem like there was more people. But then they found out that Dylan was there, and so at the same time. We were like, okay, well, maybe we'll have to pay people just a little bit to incentivize people to come the next day so we have a bigger prom scene. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll give everybody 50 bucks or something for the day. And uh, so we told everybody about that. And then a bunch of people showed up and we got like, you know, 30 people, something like that, 25 people. And nobody had found out that we were paying him. They just all found out that Dylan was in the movie and so they showed up because of kicking it. And so mm-hmm. knowing that Dylan no was in it actually was the only reason we actually had enough people to do a prom.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's, I, I like that. cool.
1: Yeah. They're all high school kids, and they all knew the show. So it was we lucked out. But um, yeah. yeah, the casting was... Uh, we had a great casting agent. And I had never worked with a casting agent before. Um, and it's awesome. I mean, that process is so much fun because you... a description of what you the character personality is like and then you just you know you have a conversation with the casting director about this is kind of how i envision the character to behave and because the lines on the page are just the lines on the page so anybody can do that it's really about getting the, the type of person for the role right so the casting director then sent us back a bunch of auditions for each of the characters and some of them were incredibly easy, like Allie Jennings. I don't think there was a single other person that we saw. Like it was her audition was the first one we got. We're like, that's Allie. There, that's that's Maddie. That's we're done here. That's she's fantastic. Oh, she she's the first one. we got. Phenomenal in the role. Yeah. She was amazing. And then uh, Bryce, um, who plays uh, Hunter, the older brother. Um, we probably had to see thirty-five people for that role, wow. and wow. that was just a really specific thing that I wanted. Where it was like leading man qualities that was also innocent and goofy and that is surprisingly hard to find like that combination of you can step up and be a serious leading man and have that action hero sort of persona where you are a, a formidable sort of presence but also with a naive innocence where you are goofy and fun and and you know you you can look at the character and feel relatable instead of it being like this is Tom Cruise and he's going to kick ass right and so we looked for a really long time. And then when we finally found Bryce, it was like, oh, that's, of course, we finally found it, but we we tried really hard to, we looked for a long time before we found yeah. Bryce. But then right. Radu um, was like a Hail Mary. Uh, we, originally Radu was supposed to be about 14 in the scripts. We went to the casting director and we wanted this character that was 14, but I really didn't want Radu to exist from anywhere. Like he's not supposed to be, from anywhere, he's supposed to be an entirely you know he's he's foreign, but from where? He yeah, yeah. There. there's no place in him on anywhere on this he's
3: planet. Fez from that '70s show. Yeah, you yeah. don't
2: know where he's yeah. from. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Exactly. And I I wanted it very specifically to be like this this character you couldn't put your finger on. I didn't want anybody to be all like, oh, he's from Romania or wherever. So, um, a lot of people came in and did accents, like very specific accents. Um, and so we're like, no, this isn't working. This isn't working. And our casting director one day was just like, okay, I've got somebody. He's not what you are looking for, but I think he's actually the character that you want. And sent me Chase's audition. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to change the movie just to get him in this because he is so talented. Like (laughs) whatever scenes we need in order to have him in this movie, because he is so damn funny. And we did, we had to completely rewrite parts of the movie because like his schedule and Robert Craighead's schedule didn't line up at all, and so we had to change the st- structure of the script in order to accommodate getting both Craighead and uh chase in the in the movie and uh, so Robert I-, I knew one of the roles I really wanted somebody that was recognizable from that era, and uh, like we looked at some of the actors from um, fright Night came into audition. Oh. Um, which would have been really wow. cool. I mean, I, it's amazing that somebody from Fright Night auditioned for this movie. I mean, that, yeah, uh, that alone is awesome. But... So yeah. I, um, anyway, so then Robert came in, and I'm like, Oh, of course, he's. This is perfect. So yeah, we. Uh, and then Jessica, actually, I had a short list of actors that I that I wanted, and I I don't remember the name of the movie now, but I had seen Jessica in a, a recent horror movie, and was like, Oh, she'd be great for this, and she was on my list, but. Before I even sent the list into the casting director, Jessica came in and auditioned. I'm like, oh, there's... Okay, that's serendipity.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She was in uh, Puppet Master... Oh, gosh. What was... um, Axis Termination, one of the later ones. She was in it. And she was in the Evil Bong movies. Um, Uh, Maybe it was Evil Bong. Maybe that was what it was. (laughs) (laughs) She was in both of those. Great actress. I mean, absolutely great cast. You definitely knocked out of the park with Chase on uh, Radu. That is... He is arguably my. I mean, I love all the characters in the movie, but Radu just. I just wanted him on screen. I didn't want a shot without him. He was awesome yeah. every time.
0: He's uh he he and I'm probably the only one that I don't know why. Maybe because he was shirtless. He gave me that Dwight white Dwight Schrute vibe from uh, from The Office. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and when I saw him, I mean, that's Dwight. That's who I thought of immediately.
1: Oh, I'm know. sorry guys. I just, my,
0: my internet just cut out. I just, I missed what you just said. Oh, we can uh, it's all right. Yeah. It's, right. I said that he gave me, even though I'm probably the only one that, that note that, you know, cause I watch a lot of it. He reminded me of Dwight Schrute when I first saw him without his shirt. And, you know, I'm like, this guy kind of <laughs> has the mannerism of Dwight Schrute. You know, he doesn't, he has an accent, but uh, he had that vibe, you know? And I'm like, man, I, I thought about him you know, immediately. I mean, his mannerisms and things were kind of like that. And it was, Right up my alley, you know, I love Dwight in in the office, so.
3: Well, every time he's on screen, that's what we're focusing on. Yeah. Like, he's stealing the scene from a lot of people. Yeah. And, again, not trying to give away too much, but there's the the whole alleyway scene with him in the crowd. I was in tears. Yeah. My wife's laughing to death on it. And I'm just like, this is fantastic. I love this guy. And every okay. time he comes back on screen, he does something else where I'm like, oh, my God, that was fantastic. I love this. And somehow he gets a sword. And I'm just yeah, so yeah, happy <laughs> I, as yeah. the movie kept yeah. going.
2: I went around all day yesterday uh, around the house because I work from home and my wife does too. And I kept going, everybody has a ninja sword. She's like, what are you talking about? So I'm like, Everybody's got a ninja sword. And I'm like, you got to watch this movie. It's so good. Yeah.
3: I should have put blue face paint on tonight. I should have done the crap. Yeah,
2: there blood. you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> i want to i want to get a uh, radu action figure with the crap yeah, there you go oh i would them. pay Please. all kinds of money for yeah, that
1: I, Yeah, same thing same here yeah yeah uh, he, uh that a lot of his lines especially that that alleyway scene were all improv too oh,
0: oh wow, wow.
1: yes I mean, wow. He, on the moment he was coming up with all that and on our on our blu-ray and i think it'll be on itunes and stuff like that when we release um there are uh, there's an entire commentary of the whole movie of Radu doing a commentary that uh, is oh.
3: yes. Oh my
1: oh, god. That I'm is that's brilliant right I'm there. I've solved it I'm
0: sold right here. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. We're gonna
1: put a sticker on the back of the box that like if you know, you know, and it's gonna say like commentary by Radu. Um, but we also <laughs> yeah. have like five extra minutes of improv that we unfortunately had to cut from that scene that is there it is just oh, as Funny. i mean like yeah. trying to trim that down was so hard because everything was in mouth, his mouth was gold on yeah. the even the final the the song at the credits i knew i wanted to have him sing the song because chase is actually a musician he's a he he was on um alter ego oh. the show that was on fox recently
3: okay oh.
1: he's a, yeah he's a great musician he does a one-man st- uh show where he plays like six different people and plays guitar six different ways i mean he's an incredible musician but um so the all of, all of the end credit, I just went to Chase. I'm like, hey, man, can you write this song? He's like, yeah, give me a week. That's what he sent me back as oh. is. He played oh. all of the music on it, all of his original yeah. lyrics. Like, that's just him. And I, I gave him two guardrails. I'm like, um, no pop culture, so just can't date us. And don't get us canceled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. go, and that's what we came up with, which is just amazing. Oh, it was. And I want to say
3: though, I know we said me and Ruben said we're sold and we're in. We were buying the Blu-ray regardless. Oh, yeah, so, that is true. But yeah, now you've just added true. the cherry on top that I might buy five of them. That's I'm going yeah. to give them out as yeah. gifts because I want yeah. everyone to experience Radu
2: and giant yeah. crabs. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, it was. It was, yeah. it was definitely brilliant. Um, Ruben, you're up next for a question, man.
0: Yeah, uh, well, the the first question kind of you since you uh, kind of when you said when you wrote it, but I my question is: is there a scene that you had to fight for to keep in a movie that maybe everybody else wanted to cut? And but you, you know, you you said no, we need it in there. It, there may not be, but uh, I'm guessing maybe there is. No, there
1: there's well, it's interesting. So I most movies, I don't think directors directors typically on most movies don't have as much creative control as I had on this. And I basically had complete total creative control. Um, potentially to the detriment of of uh, of the movie. but I, I really got to keep everything that i I personally wanted. but oh. I did do test screenings, and i I, I oh, okay. talked to my producers, and there was a couple jokes on the day, like um when Philip and Maddie are rolling they uh Maddie's wheeling Philip around the the barn and he's like can you get the keys out of my backpack and she's like you want them stand up and get them he's like oh that's not cool on the day the producers were like oh no we can't we can't do that we're not <laughs> doing any more yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not a joke you can make and i'm like but they're best friends like that's the type of stuff you do with your best friend you don't nothing's off limits like i wanted to i wanted to have philip not be uh yeah. precious like he wasn't yeah. Delicate. Yeah.
0: yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't coddled. Like the kid from
1: from Silver yeah. Bullet. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that yeah. felt important to me to really quickly like kick that under the rug and be like, we're not, we're not gonna, you know, pussyfoot around the fact that Phillips in a wheelchair. We're gonna treat him like everybody. Every character's gonna treat everybody else the same in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then that's great. Uh, the other joke that the producers really didn't like on the test screening was, um, like, really didn't like. I got emails being like, please remove this joke weeks after. I'm, 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 I'm guessing I know which one. let see which one it is. It's not what you think. Which I it, So when he's putting on the – I'm curious. It would be cool if you got this. But when he's putting on the legs for the first time in the barn,
0: yeah, it,
1: uh, the brother's helping him strap on the middle waist piece. And he goes, Hunter, that's not my leg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, brother touching brother penis joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much about yeah. multiple emails being like, Hey, you got to cut that scene,
3: but that's what brothers would do. Yeah, even if he way wasn't worse. even close to it, the joke would be even better, like strapping yeah. the yeah. ankle yeah. on, going, That's not my ankle, that's right. even
2: funnier, you know.
1: But that's
3: yeah. brothers busting each other's balls. That's <laughs> yeah. how I felt.
1: I was like, That's yeah, funny. And, and so, anyway,
2: Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the same with the the joke with Maddie and Philip in the wheelchair. I was telling uh, either Mark or my wife about it. Those two, uh, because of that joke alone, I already felt like they had an extremely tight connection. Like it made me feel like yeah. they really were best friends. And mm-hmm. it, I don't think if you didn't have that joke, I don't think it would have worked that. Way. I mean, it wouldn't have been as good. That that helped cement that. So uh, yeah. It, it
0: puts everybody at ease. Like I think it it you know it puts the audience more at ease with their relationship all you know all together in other words yeah. it, it it solidified that it wasn't just uh like oh i feel sorry for him or you know things like that this was a real friendship and that joke kind of
1: solidified it for you know, i think yeah that's awesome yeah that was the intent yeah. i really i wanted to um you know i i haven't seen a lot of movies that have uh you know people in wheelchairs as the protagonist and so i wanted to yeah, not only put their mind at ease as friends and like establish that quickly, but also put the audience. The on. Audience, exactly. Yeah, we we're going to recognize that this is you know this is a movie that has a non traditional protagonist. And have you not worried that we're gonna we're gonna treat this like a movie that like I didn't want I never wanted Philip to feel like the disability was the thing that was interesting about him. Right, right, oh, right. Another right. aspect of the character. Like it's just, right. it's it's like it's just a, a part of his character, not the defining aspect of it. And like even the yeah. scene um, when he fails with the legs and the and he can't walk and they he, he falls down. My intention the whole time with that scene was not that he's upset that he can't walk; that he's upset because he failed with his technology. Right. Yeah. He failed with the 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 mental goal that he had in mind. He couldn't accomplish yeah. that goal. And then the only reason that he wanted to walk at all was that he wanted to dance with her. So it was more of like an external thing. It wasn't necessarily that he needed it. It was like he wanted to... It work. was a goal. Yeah, it was a yeah. goal. Yeah. yeah, it was a goal of his. Yeah. I
3: Absolutely. I just yeah. like how those are the things they were upset about, but totally cool with the priest that flows the finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it did anyone else notice though that you know the, yeah. he does it, and then in, if you look hard in the background, he's still doing yeah. it from yeah. way back.
2: Yes, yeah. I couldn't <laughs>
3: take my eyes off of it. He stood there with his middle finger up, and I'm like, he's still going. I love yes.
2: this. That the, the <laughs> was the, the, the one moment way. my wife walked in the room when I was watching the movie was that scene, and she started laughing. She's like. <laughs> Is he still back there flipping them off? I was like, yeah,
3: yeah, that's it. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one that kept focused on that because <laughs> no. I was like, this, this, the joke kept going and it wasn't yeah. like in your face, like, look what we did. It was, oh God, is he still doing it? That's how I was. I was like, <laughs> yeah. please tell me there's still a middle finger flying. And, you know, we, we get it, you know, full circle later in the movie too, which is yeah. even better. Yeah. I'll, you know, you set something up and you, you finish it later. And I did like that a lot in this movie too. i'm glad you caught that yeah yeah i loved it i loved it and and the thing is it wasn't done
0: in a way that was um how can i say it it was a joke you know it was it was horrible it was a joke it wasn't done with any malice it was done and i you know i caught that i'm like this is just a big you know it's a joke you know uh and there was no malice in it i thought it was great i thought it was funny I really
1: didn't want there to be any malice in the whole movie, honestly. No, no, no. there isn't. Yeah, there's
0: not. I mean, there's nothing on there that's forced or that I felt like you were trying to jam something down my throat or nothing. It was it flowed so good. I I really liked it. Yeah,
2: Charlie,
0: you got another question for
1: him? Equal opportunity destruction. There you go. (laughs) That's part. That should be the tagline at the bottom of the
3: DVD case. (laughs) Equal opportunity destruction. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit, you know, we've talked a lot about story structure and stuff, but the special effects guys, uh, and I'm going to mess up his name. Ojala, Ojala, Jim
1: Jim
3: uh, Ojala, I follow him on Instagram now because when we started searching for everyone involved in this movie, like sludge is sending me like your info. And I'm like, well, I found the special effects guy. It's Ojala. And I found him over here. I seen the pictures. Did, was that someone you've worked with before? Was it a first time work with? What was like the the behind the scenes of the special effects? Because it's an ooey gooey movie with blue blood, and I love it uh, to mm-hmm. death. I really do.
1: Jim was uh, the catalyst for getting the movie off the ground, actually, because so when I came to the producers with the script, uh, they're like, "This sounds great. We're on board to do this," but we have never worked with effects before we've never done a effects-heavy movie um and we don't know how to do that so we don't know how to make that work so you got to kind of figure it out and then we'll then we'll get into actually trying to make the movie and so i'm like oh god you know i don't know how to do it so i was i was in the process of like reaching out to random people and it wasn't getting anywhere and then i was living in new york city at the time and i went to the midnight showing of big ass spider with one of my buddies oh another great movie it's great movie. It's so yeah. much. Fun I love that movie. It. So I've been super excited to see that movie. My buddy and I went to the bar, and then we went to see that at midnight. And the only two of the other people at the screening were Lloyd Kaufman and his wife. It was just the four of us. And wow. so after the film, I called to Lloyd Kaufman. I'm like, "Hey, I'm a big fan of your work. Uh, I'm trying to get this movie off the ground. You know, do you have, you know, can I can I can I pick your brain for 15 minutes just about about trying to get the creatures?" And he's like oh, why don't you come down to Troma Studios? He gave me an entire day of his time. I sent him wow. my script. He gave me script notes. And then he, he put me in touch with uh, Jim Ojala, who did all the effects for Poultrygeist yeah. uh, back at Troma. So, uh, well, he so did Citizen uh, is- oh, Toxie,
2: too, didn't he? Didn't he do the fourth yeah. Of- yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, so yeah. Jim got his start working for, for Lloyd. And so originally, we were going to try to get Lloyd out for a cameo, but flights, at uh, last-minute flights from new york to california or like for an indie film just aren't can't do it not in
3: a budget yeah
1: not on the budget uh, especially just for a cameo but i would have loved to have had lloyd be in the movie he's like yeah fly me out um so lloyd kaufman is the reason that this movie exists really and the state that it does and how we got jim um and then once we got jim it was basically like typically when you work when you're a creature effects person you do one little part of a movie it's like you do the gory scene for this part and then somebody else does this part over here. But he's like, I have never worked in a movie where I get to do little puppets, full suits, and then a kaiju fight all in the same project. And so this was like this (laughs) massive project for them that they got to work on all sorts of different types of, I mean, every type of effect that you could imagine. And he's like, all right, we'll make it work. Like whatever the budget is, we'll, we'll figure out how to do it. Um, and then it was a process of like six to nine months of, I was living in New York and he was living in LA and, um, you know, we, we had a, we had a artist do the designs for the creatures and then we would send photos and ideas back and forth as he was building them. And so, um, in the, on the Blu-ray and iTunes and stuff the behind the scenes features, we have like, I I included all of the test footage for... (sighs) Leading up to like as production yeah. happening,
3: God bless you, sir. You God are, bless you. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> that love that song.
1: Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Oh. And then there's a whole behind the scenes thing of the green screen fight, too, like how we shot the green screen fight. And, um, cause that was a that w- we shot that a year later, and that was a whole other process. Um, but yeah, and, and then it was all based on the script. So, like, the there's one shot in the movie. This is of all the things that I'm disappointed with in the film, it's that. Uh, there's only one shot in the whole movie where we have all three suits in in the scene. And we have three we built three limulus suits, the second stage monsters, specifically because I had a scene where they all, you know, attacked them in the auditorium and we needed it to sort of to triangulate and cut off exits and stuff. Um and then when we cut that scene, the only time we could get all three of them in one shot was when they're attacking the this pile of dead bodies on the street. And so we had these suits, but we couldn't use them all at the same time, and that was
2: uh, that was a bummer. Oh, uh, especially that I love that top yeah.
1: notch in this. Yeah.
3: Oh, the the, the fact you're highlighting it, but where it goes from small to where we seeing the trailer, we kind of knows it gets, it gets bigger, but then the actual transformation when it happens, you're like, oh my god, this is fantastic! And then to see that full person suit, and then a bunch of them running around the street, I'm just like, this this is gold. I love every second of this,
2: and I love that you guys. I mean, because obviously you go from—I mean—a lot of practical effects and then some CG work in it. I was so happy when it came to the kaiju fight at the end that you went pretty heavy practical. I mean, you got the green screen back yeah. and stuff, but the—they're—they're they're men in suits, and you know most of the movies that we review on our show are men in suit films. So I absolutely love that you guys went that route instead of saying, "Okay, well we can just we can make the shark." Uh, you know CGI, or make the queen crab CGI. You didn't do that. You did it all practical, and then CG where you needed to. I that was, I think, a phenomenal choice yeah. because it just it highlights the movie film.
0: that feel. It gives that movie that feel that, that us as fans are looking for anyway. Of fans yeah. of that kind of thing.
3: Oh yeah, I grew up watching Power Rangers. You know, yeah. and then I, I, my they, they're still going when my son was young enough to really still be into them. But, you know, I'm telling you about the first season of Power Rangers. We're now watching like Turbo and Dino and Ultra Flash, whatever. And I'm watching this movie going, oh, my God, I love this. Is someone that loved Godzilla movies, Power Ranger movies. I mean, all the, all I would have I added was the little soup monsters being like the putties at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. And they had to fight the everyone else that's just watching the fight. But budget, I get budget restraints, but, you know, I'm sure your ideas were like, What if we did this? And they're like, we don't have money for that. Just stop it. Stop (laughs) killing yourself. Just let's work with what we got here.
1: That was definitely part of it. I mean, I, I, I wish that we could have done exactly that. Like I I had a, there was a whole Radu sword fight scene at the end of the movie. Like the, when, when uh, they're in the trailer, when Radu has his he's fighting the limulus in the trailer that originally was like a massive samurai sword fight that i wanted to shoot like a like an old kurosawa film and do yes. it. Oh, that was, that was awesome. cool. but we had to cut it because you know time and budget and so we did the little shadow puppets inside the trailer yeah, yeah.
3: which i feel like really got it across though i was when you watch yeah. these movies you expect a certain level of they're gonna have to like cut the camera away or do this to give us that shadow fight was even better. I, I feel, because you get that line he drops. I don't want to spoil the line. Yeah, He drops that perfect line, and then it pans out to the outside the trailer and the shadow fight. I was like, this. I love this. Every bit of it. That scene yeah. was was perfect. Oh, dude. Yeah.
2: It was, that scene, it was, and I guess I want to kind of go with what me and you first talked about when we first started talking about this movie, it reminded me of a scene from Humanoids from the Deep. And that is one of my favorite films. I love that film. I don't know how many times I've explained the scene to my wife, and she's never seen it, where the humanoids in this film attack this, like, festival that they got going on in town. And they start going after the women, and then... Everyone's freaking out, but then all of a sudden they realize we're a bunch of rednecks, and they start grabbing like two-by-fours, and then they can and just start yeah. beating the crap out of these things. <laughs> yeah. That scene with Radu you know, reminded me of that, and I, I, I loved that. Of course, there's the opening sequence in the movie, the beach there. That, is that, I, I mean, let's get it from you since you're here. Is
1: that an immediate throwback to that movie? Oh, it was very specifically that movie because this is this is really <laughs> wild. But that movie was filmed in the town that we shot crafts, And not only that, but like the there is a shot of it's called Dolphin Isle. It's one of the drone shots. It goes over Dolphin Isle. And that was a yeah. set that was built specifically for humanoids of the team. Oh, it was then turned into uh, this community that they, they just kept the island there and then um, a bunch of people live on it now. But it's uh oh, it's wow. And it's like a hundred yards down from where the cabin was, where the or the where the trailers were the characters live in with the with the barn.
2: Yeah. You can
1: look and look at Dolphin Isle, which is the set that they built for Humanoids of the Deep. So yeah, that's wow. even better. It, that's, that's amazing. That's so awesome. I that remember amazing, watching the trailer
2: yeah. and, when, and when I first reached out to you, I was just like, dude, that looks like the set from Humanoids from the Deep. And you were like, it is. I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> that is the coolest thing ever. Cause I, I mean, I'm a big Corman fan.
0: I don't think oh, there's a movie yeah. of his
2: I don't like. Yeah. Um, and it, we even do, you know, on our show, we do a trivia thing, and I actually lost. So we pick a bad movie for the loser to watch. And last night, Ruben's like, I'm going to pick a Corman film for you to watch. I'm like, all right, like, whatever you yeah. want. He's like, no, never mind.
0: And I immediately <laughs> changed my mind. Yeah, yeah I said, <laughs> nope, never mind. I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs>
3: Well, will cool. are doing that in envelopes, so people can't back out of it. You have to <laughs> let him watch the movie you pick, yeah, and then it is like, oh, I'm going to love this one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like I mean, yeah. I I love so many B films. You know,
0: Charlie, I found out a long time. No matter what I throw out, they you know I'm trying to torture him
2: with with the you with, with winning, stuff. and I can't
0: torture, you can't torture him. Nope, do no, it. That, that doesn't <laughs> work. So,
2: not at all. All right. Well, Pierce, what was this? Is my last question, and I really because I'm always interested to know what the biggest obstacle is Uh, we did an interview with the guys who did witch house and I asked them the kind of the same thing. What was the biggest obstacle you had to overcome or you were faced with when making this movie?
1: Um, this actually kind of goes to the, the Kaiju stuff at the end, but the biggest obstacle I faced was inexperience, like Uh not knowing what I was doing, honestly, because I, you know, I'm, I'm self-taught. I didn't really go to film school. Um, I, I, I'm the type of person where, like, if I see somebody else do it, I'm like, oh, I can figure that out. I can, I can, I can make that happen. So uh, I just had it in my brain that I could make this work, this movie work, um, no matter what our budget was. I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like, even if it looks bad, we'll be able to tell the story that I want to tell, and we'll figure out how to do it. Um, and one of the the hardest the hardest part of the whole movie was definitely the final fight scene. Um, and part of that was that uh, the cinematographer we got for the main unit for the rest of the movie did such a good job. Like the movie and the, and the art directing the art director, like they made the movie look so good that we were like, Oh shit. Now we have to make the rest of the movie look that good <laughs> and so we had a certain level with everything else that uh, didn't, that kind of prevented us from doing it as cheaply and sort of, sketchily as we wanted to so the final fight was originally going to be on a miniature set like i wanted to really do it exactly like power rangers or like 1950s godzilla um or even like godzilla 2000 like i really wanted to have a guy in a suit fight on a on a miniature set and destroy the town and then do cut-ins of like the townsfolk getting picked up by giant claws and close-ups and then like a little fake Little dog getting eaten by no. <laughs> like I really have interaction with the town. But uh when I started pricing out miniature sets, they are insanely expensive, like a hundred thousand dollars plus at bare minimum for a for a legitimate miniature set. And wow, then right. um w- it was just like way, way out of our price range. So when I cut that idea out, I was like, okay, well, maybe stop motion animation, maybe I'll make it like a like a Harry Ray Harryhausen and then Uh, that got nixed immediately too, because that was also even more expensive. Like that's a crazy thing to do. So then um, we settled on doing actual drone shots of the, of the location, the physical location in the town where it happens and then stitching those together to create a 360 degree background. And then each of the shots were labeled like North, East, South or West. And then we had different backgrounds depending on the angle. And then like where the sun was um, there's one shot that no one is ever going to notice has as much detail in it and time put into it that it does. But it's when we filmed the interior of the cockpit, we had a light. So we knew that the shark's head was going to get like knocked up and the sun was going to shine in because they were looking West and the sun was going to shine in on this part of the interior. to light, the queen in the same way for, because she's going to be right there and then we also had to put the sun in the background in the same spot and have that whole track at the same time. So there's three different layers of wow. lighting that were done to just get this one, like, two-second shot. So I tried to sell it as much as we could, and I think I got a little, a little bit too in the weeds with trying to sell it. So, <laughs> um yeah, so that took a really long time. But the 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 whole final fight actually took about 3 years. And part of that was that I again wow. didn't know what I was doing. So when we once we had collected all the footage, we sent it to a company in Vietnam to do the to do the VFX work because that was the only place we could afford to do 380 shots. Um, but one of the things w- the way that we shot it again, this is this is like 101 level that I should have known, but we shot it in 300 frames per second because i knew i wanted to get um, the size of the monsters to feel big in their movements like one of the things that power rangers um, and even old godzilla movies don't do is that the monsters move at real time like they're right. moving like they're a person in a suit not like they're this gigantic you know mountain-sized creature and the new godzilla films in like pacific rim do a good job of making the creatures move slowly because of their size um, but then when the cameras close Close up, they move quickly because you're you're covering a, a shorter space and a longer distance. So right, yeah. I wanted to try to mess with time to give it give it a little edge over the old movies. Like use new techniques um, while filming it in the same way that old movies were filmed. But anyway, we also screwed up our tracking markers. So when we started doing the VFX work, uh, artists had to by hand cut out each of the characters from every frame. Three hundred frames per second oh, for three hundred pages. Wow! Oh. Wow! <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we weren't even done editing it, and so we ended up probably doing two times as much work. And then artists were being trained on the film, and so we would have a bunch of artists come in and work on it for six months, and then they would move on and do other things. And a new batch of artists would come in, and they wouldn't understand how their 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 structure and their computer worked. And so they'd have to start all over again. So there was this, because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have anybody to tell me how to do it. It was a constant learning process of uh, how to actually put together a scene like this on a budget. And uh, that was by far having continuing, like keeping the motivation up to actually get it done. And uh, then being committed to not cutting corners and being like, no, no, it can't just be done. Like I needs to. It needs to be done and be as good as the rest of the movie. Um, that was that was definitely the hardest part.
3: Man, anybody else fascinated by the fact that the miniature work and the way the the stop motion is more expensive now than yeah. what we're doing now compared to back then? Yeah, that's like crazy. how much what we do now would have cost them. You know, if they had that. Any type of technology would have been millions of dollars to them. Now we're looking at stuff going, I can't afford to do miniatures. I have to do CGI. So a lot of people that look like, oh, the CGI, I hate when they do CGI. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? Ah, uh, budget. Because now yep. that's us more expensive than someone on a computer that can manipulate everything. Because if you mess up a take on a miniature set,
2: you got to rebuild
3: that miniature set or. Yep. It yeah. stays. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just, it's just wild to think about that. We're having a conversation where that was the more expensive option. Yeah, when you go when, back, when and those guys that did it, they did it because that's all they could afford to do. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. We,
1: going, yeah, going right off that, like we do have CGI crabs in the movie, like the the scene where they're in the alleyway and it comes up and it's like about to touch your hand yeah uh we tried to do that practically but the the ease of getting emotion out of something practically unless you're you know jurassic world and you're you know using million multi-million dollar animatronics getting intimate performances out of uh, a silicon puppet is really hard and so to sell the emotion of it you either have to use sound and and like the sounds the monsters are making or you have to do cgi so you can get the intimate sort of minute movements through Uh, the animation and that's something that like i know people love i am i am i'm the first one to you know love practical effects like practical effects sell it in a way that digital effects just don't yeah yeah but from a storytelling point of view and like a on my next movie the the value of being able to have very minute detail uh in by using cgi and like by creating personality in the monsters by being able to do it in a computer and that it looks as good as it does for how much it costs is like oh man if i went back i would have probably cut two and a half years off of this project uh by doing mostly cgi and it doesn't cost that much i mean that scene right really didn't cost all that much and we were able to create a, a model in the computer Uh, and then take 360-degree photos of the actual prop, the puppet, and put those directly on the model so that the texture of the CGI was the same texture as the puppet. So you can tell it's CGI because it moves differently, but the actual feeling of it, I wanted to keep almost indistinguishable. And if if I had known that that would have worked, because I had in my head, like, CGI is way out of our budget, but it's not. CGI is like, way actually more in our budget than doing it practically. And if I had known that, there would have been way more CGI in the film.
3: And that that's the particular scene you're talking about, it doesn't take you out of it. It's not like, oh crap, I know this one's CG. Like, you know, it's not like the sci-fi channel movies, you know, that oh, they pump no, out the, no. the yeah. crocodile comes jumping out and it's basically pixelated. You know, but yeah. this one yeah. <laughs> That little crab, and you're right, the amount of emotion and subtle movement, you're not going to get that out of, like you said, just a a static puppet or even one that somewhat articulates. There's some true movement involved in that, but it doesn't take me out because then I get to laugh my butt off when all the crabs are in the bar and I (laughs) adore that entire scene too, because it's gory and funny and throws back to gremlins, ghoulies Critters the whole nine yards, and I I, I don't uh, it's fine. Do a CG one with the touching moment and then give me ooey gooey silicone puppets yeah. and I want a puppet. So uh, whoever I gotta talk to, I want a horseshoe crab puppet. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So just putting yeah. that out there.
3: Like I said, to him. Just not, but
1: We gotta keep them on on deck for crabs too. Oh, oh yes, there. There I would <laughs> lo- I would love that to happen. At,
3: in in the you know, the famous lines of Mel Brooks, merchandising. Come on, man. We got to get some merchandise yeah. out for yeah. crabs. I need a radu and a silico, just like the ones we used to get from Pizza Hut, the gizmo and those hand puppets oh, we yeah, used to yeah. get. Yeah. I want yeah. the crab. I want the little crab that I can take
2: around with me. Well, I mean, and the special effects, yeah. I mean, you like said earlier. It blends so well when you use the CG versus the puppets versus the suits. It's it that y'all did an outs, outstanding job um oh yeah on the special effects of this. So it, honestly, like I don't even I don't even have another question because like Charlie you kind of went right into bringing it up with the special effects again. Um uh, did such a phenomenal job. Do you guys have anything else for Pierce?
0: Only that why couldn't you get Phoebe Cates? <laughs> <laughs> oh that would have been good. <laughs> That's it. I mentioned it on the show that, that we recorded and released today. I'm like you know the only thing that would have made this perfect even though she's just you know she's too high dollar for all of y'all for me is <laughs> BB <Phoebe> Kate's <laughs> oh, <laughs> like the Ruben. scene her that was slipped in hot, there even a throb. cameo even a cameo you know who driving by in a car or something <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. well Pierce man uh, uh, Charlie was you gonna say go something.
3: Ahead. No, no, no! I was going to pick on
2: Ruben. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, man. Thank you so much for doing this. We are definitely going to be hyping this movie up because everybody needs to see it. It is an absolute yeah. blast of a movie. I there was not a moment I did not enjoy myself in this film. It was so good. I've done nothing but brag about it for days since I've watched it. Let people know, man. Plug this movie. Let people know where they can find out about it. When when's it coming out so they can see it? Just anything you can throw at us about this movie.
1: yeah Yeah, well first thank you guys i mean you've been so supportive since we've been talking it's 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 been awesome and uh and and i love that you guys are thrilled about it because part of wanting to make this movie was you know the the only people that saw this movie as i was making it were like my mom and my girlfriend and they don't have the language of the references because they haven't seen those movies that i love too right (laughs) so when i got to show it and share it with people that love the same type of stuff that i do it's such a thrill that that you see it. Like, I feel like you got, you guys all know exactly what my intention was. And, uh, and you're the yeah. people I made the movie for. So I, I really appreciate your kind words. Well, oh um, man,
2: we appreciate you making this movie and I've oh yeah. we've got
1: lots of friends cool. that
2: we know that are going to love
1: it. Absolutely. Love it. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good because it's coming out soon. It's uh middle of July is what we're aiming for. We're self distributing the movie in the U S. um, uh, check us out, the uh, Crabs move, at Crabs Movie on Instagram and Facebook. Um, don't go to our Twitter because uh, we don't have the login information and it's been not updated since 2015. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, uh, it happens. Check out me. I'm on Twitter. It's <laughs> at pi barrels, b e r o l z p i b e r o l z. But yeah, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Crabs Movie.
2: Sweet, yeah, and, and, which we'll sh- we'll
3: share it all on oh, our stuff yes, too.
1: Absolutely, and we yeah.
3: have already. So if you go on to Monster Movie Stomp Downs or Give Me Back My Horror Movies, we've all shared it. You know, oh. so
2: we've we've already been promoting pretty heavily. Super stoked! Okay. So what's what's in the plans for you next? Are you doing another Monster Movie or?
1: Yeah, um, I have ideas for Crabs Two and Three. Um, I'd love to- <laughs> yes, if you do I a Kickstarter, actors,
2: we have a lot of people that'll throw money your way. Huh? So if you do a Kickstarter for those, I,
1: I we know a lot of people will throw money your way, including I, right here. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I. I Two crabs, two and three would be really fun. I'd want to go way different, totally. Yeah, I won't. I won't spoil anything. But yeah, yeah. I'll spoil nothing. Um, I have a Radu spinoff movie that I want to do. Oh, um, it, yeah, There you it, go. That no one's never going to get made because that's that's just kind of a the. From when Radu leaves, uh, when you stop seeing Radu again, to when you see Radu again, I wanted to do like a um, uh, after-hours story with Radu just going through the town and interacting with local townsfolk, and have it almost have nothing to do with crabs at all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like a little short film that we we am just, the- just gonna
3: throw this out web series. Come on, there's no yeah, limitations. Yeah. Things yeah, don't have do to go to theater. Yeah, there's totally. YouTube. There's you know. There's all kinds of things you could do. Little fifteen minute yeah. episodes. I'd watch every one of them with Radu. Oh, there's no right question.
1: I absolutely <laughs> would. I could so almost the actual, see Radu the movie is. Movie I think that is is actually likely to happen. Um, I, I've got a whole bunch of ideas. There's there's a there's a um medieval action movie I really want to make. Ooh, but the one. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really yeah. Cool. Uh. The way I pitched that one is like it's like The Raid with Swords or John Wick with Swords. I really wanted oh, to focus yeah. on it. You had to be me medieval in action, sir. Yep, yep. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> um but the movie that I actually think is gonna is probably gonna happen is uh a it's like best in show, um, the mockumentary about uh yeah, or or This is Spinal Tap, but it's oh yeah Lee versus David Attenborough and oh, okay. Jace who plays radu is going to play david attenborough's character and his brother is going to play steve Irwin. that would be brilliant That's that would already be brilliant. sounds That's brilliant. interesting it will be 99 yeah. improv um, oh it
3: would have to be you can't write yeah. that
1: yeah super cheap mockumentary style um and i i love the idea of having like this one character want to show nature document. Cause I, I got my start working in nature documentaries. I was, that's like how I got into making movies. And so I, there's a whole world about the behind the scenes of nature documentaries, but I can imagine. So I imagine. So <laughs> yeah, idea of like one person who thinks the way to share nature is like grab it by the tail and let's whoa, look at all the teeth. And then, yeah, yeah. The other guy who is like the grandeur and beauty of nature and they're they're competing for ratings and they have this like uh this step brothers style rivalry. Oh, that uh, would be but all so improv with Chase and his brother playing the two. Yeah.
3: We're in. Yep. This is whatever want to do. Yeah. Whatever
2: your name's attached to, we're watching. Yep. Guarantee. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. All right, Pierce Man, again, thank you so much for doing this. And uh for those who are listening, hopefully you've enjoyed this. And please go check out Crab's it's just called crabs i'm about to say crabs movie check out crabs it's coming out in july we promise you you are going to absolutely love this if you listen to any show on the give me back my podcast network you're going to be a true yeah. fan of this movie um oh, you're yeah. here so yeah. again pierce thank you so so much man
1: thank you guys i really appreciate it thanks pierce thanks awesome yeah!
2: All right, there you go, guys. So we gave you our quick review of this movie. You got to hear from Pierce's mouth uh, what all went into this movie. Uh, we discussed how great this movie is, what he's got coming out in the future, or at least what he's hoping to work towards. Um, so when you get a chance, go see this movie. Share this episode, just so not for us, but for Pierce. Let you know, Get this out there so people can hear the interview with him because they deserve it. This movie is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you all again so much for listening to this. This is Sludge. Ruben. Support independent filmmakers. This is Charlie. All right. Y'all have a good night. Come on, you think? You want to live forever? Now what? But no matter what happens, Godzilla will
1: live. You guys are on a great show and have great questions, and it's entertaining and fun. I was like, I've done enough of these podcasts. This is like the top one. This has been awesome. All right. Oh, awesome. Yes. Yeah, all right. That's what i like to hear. That is yeah, going in. You told Mark
3: the- I was sitting in his spot for <laughs> Yeah. All
1: right.